whenever you're not feeling confident in yourself, just try to summon all the courage of somebody on TikTok who has no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. There you go. Like, I mean, like, and then just wing the whole thing. Yeah, and, just wing the whole thing. And, you know, you'll get some hits and some followers and yeah. maybe start a cult or a religion. I don't know. You want to go traumatic or happy? He just kind of, like, flops down in there, like, collapsing. Like, fight or flight obviously set in, and I did what I had to do. I guess it didn't really hit me uh, until like a little bit later that day. Parameters of the first year were you can't have a job, you can't have a girlfriend, uh, you know, no romance whatsoever. If I were to sign that lease, it was going to be the biggest mistake of my life. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 it couldn't have been any more clear at that point. Yeah. I was like, just, okay, God, you, yes, I, I believe you now. What are probably the top two or three most important things in an employee that you would want as somebody who owns your own business? But when was the last time you cried? Like a second ago. <laughs> I almost, I almost lost it there in the very beginning. Just a totally different universe was opened up to me. And then what happens next? that's really annoying people just like half-wittedly go ahead and answer that question you know and it's it, yeah they just pull it out of their back pocket and they don't actually know what they're talking about they have no mm-hmm. um you know research done or anything just more or less an idea that came to their mind and what seems accurate yeah. to them maybe here's an interesting thought whenever you're not feeling confident in yourself just try to summon all the courage of somebody on TikTok who has no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. There you go. Like, I mean, like, and then just wing the whole thing. Yeah, and, just wing the whole thing. And, you know, you'll get some hits and some followers and yeah. maybe start a cult or a religion. I don't know. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. So, but it's interesting when you come to stuff like that. Like, like, there's so much information that's out there, good information. Um, within Christianity, you have, like, apologetics. And, um, you know, if you really want to know what the Bible says about something. Obviously, you can go to the source material, go to the text. But you, there are people who have, uh, within Christianity, we've got 2,000 years. And if you tack on Judaism, too, which is Christianity comes out of Judaism, we have thousands and thousands of years of people wrestling with God, wrestling with the ideas that God has has um, has, has spoken, mm-hmm. and trying to figure out what this means and, and what it means, how you how do you even apply this. Mm-hmm. So whether it's a slavery thing or whether it's, you know, uh, with the last episode, uh, me and Aaron, we talked about um, a little bit about women in the church, just because that was related to the, um, the, was it the IBLP with the Duggars and all of that? We talked a little bit about that. And, um, you know, whatever it is, there, there are good answers. But the quick summary conclusion of what we, one of the core bits of our last conversation, last podcast episode, was just be clear over whether you're talking about something that is obvious in Scripture or it's your conclusion. Have your conclusions. That's fine. Like, you know, when you put two and two together, be honest that four is my answer of two and two. You know, because so many times I've heard somebody say, well, this is clear in the Bible. It clearly says this. If you look at the text, it actually says these words. But then when you look at the context, 
like yeah. the chapter that that's in. Yeah. Does the chapter even talk about that? Like, yeah, the, the verse is there, but does the chapter support this idea? Yeah. You know, and, is that really the meaning behind those it, words? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes it is, and sometimes it's not. But so many times I've heard somebody say it's clearly in the Bible, and I went to check it out, and it is not that clear. And so again, it's just be honest about your conclusions. If you come to the conclusion uh, that you know. Well, anyways, if you think that something is wrong or a sin, say, look, we're not going to do blank because we think it's a sin. Well, even like yeah. Saul also called Paul, right? Yeah. Like that's a big one. That's a huge one. Common misconception still to this day. Uh, and I think now it's finally gaining traction of what the truth behind that whole thing is. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah. I just, yeah. Yeah. A lot of people are like, oh, it just says it in Bible, you know, clear as day. And it's like, actually, it doesn't say a thing about that. Like, I remember correct it like i was in a sunday school at you know my old church and the pastor had said that and it you know it was a small congregation so i just was like actually that's not true (laughs) and everyone looked back at me like they were ready to kill me like what did you just say (laughs) and i'm like yeah they're like no it says it in the bible yeah but jesus gave him that name yeah it doesn't nope and i you know i told them you know what it actually meant yada yada and my pastor being good, honest, truth-seeking man that he was, uh, he looked right there while they were still teaching the lesson. You know, his wife kind of took over from there, and um, he looked it up, and he's like, Saul also called Paul. And he was like, okay, never mind. I stand corrected. And I was <laughs> hey, like, yeah, yeah, props to him. That's yeah. awesome. That is a, having that humility is a big deal. He did it right in front of the whole congregation, hey, which that's too, you know, I mean, it wasn't that many people, but nonetheless, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Willing to at least double check, yeah. you know, so that that's awesome. And for no reason whatsoever, that reminds me, welcome to another episode of Charting Life. I'm your host, Matt, and Aaron's not here today. He's going off doing other things, improving his life and making things good, but he will be back don't worry if you uh, prefer uh, Aaron instead of me. That's okay. Again, he's going to come back at some point. Uh, but uh, so I do not bore you to death. I have a good friend here, Andrew. Uh, Andrew, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Who are you? Uh, what's going on? And uh, yeah, anything interesting? Yeah. So uh, like Matt said, my name is Andrew. Um, I'm 34 years old. I'm from Louisville, Kentucky, born and raised, never moved anywhere Uh Unless it was, you know, for a little bit of time, like a yeah. season or two. Yeah, you, you lived, we'll, we'll talk about it in a minute, I think. But, uh, you know, you, you lived in uh, Florida for a little bit. Yeah. me, that was an adventure. North Carolina. And was, uh, yeah, North Carolina. Yeah. Yep. And uh, since you're giving other details, what's your social security number? Uh, I'm, just, it is, I'm kidding. <laughs> don't, don't even pretend. I, mean, I don't care. One. I'll give it to you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So anyways, <laughs> so, so you're, 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 uh, you're from Louisville. You basically lived here your whole life. Uh, odd and end little, you know extended trips out for a bit but you've always lived sure, here yeah. um what about your family you got a family what's going on with that yeah uh so i have a wife and three kids now just had a baby boy about two months ago um my only boy congratulations uh, yep and then obviously two girls yeah. uh and which is funny because i come from a family of two two girls and a boy me obviously i'm the baby as well so yeah, very a lot of similarities there, um, which is kind of weird because I always wanted a family like that. Yeah. I guess to kind of replicate. I like the dynamic, and uh, yeah, thought uh, it'd be fun to you know have that again. 
Yeah. So yeah, we oh. planned for this. That that's man, that's awesome. <laughs> I, I really am, I'm excited for you. Um, was there any thought in naming your kid a junior? Their, their son? Zero thought. Zero thought Zero whatsoever. Thought. Like like if the idea was presented, would you just shoot like no, I don't want to do that? Is there a reason for that? Shooting that down. I know technically a junior is supposed to be the first child and the first child who's a son, you know. Yeah. But it's technically he's the first child that's a son. I don't. I mean, I don't know. But uh, I guess I like. I have to be really proud of myself and all my compliment <laughs> accomplishments uh, to just be like, yeah, like it's. I'm so great. Like I've got to name this kid after me, and he could just carry on that legacy. So everybody yeah. knows. No, but uh, no, just I mean, I've never. I'm not a junior. You know, I was the only boy in my family, and. Um, yeah, just yeah. I've never even entertained that idea, and of course, there's even more backstory to why uh, and why we actually gave my son the name that he has currently. Um, okay, you know, which uh, yeah, I, I guess we could get into that later. Um, sure, yeah, that's I'm actually very intrigued. So yeah, I'm we'll, surprised uh, that we didn't talk about that. Yeah, before. We'll, we'll leave you on the edge of your seat. Maybe come back to that in a little bit. Okay. Um, yeah. So yeah, man, that that's really cool. Now let me just ask you. A weird question. One of the things we like to do, if there's something we don't know, we're honest about it. Mm-hmm. We're not sure. So, uh, but we also, for the sake of fun, like to speculate wildly. In your opinion, okay. when people are, you got a junior, you got a third, fourth, etc. Uh, at, at a certain point, you almost feel like you kind of have to keep the name going. But there's also a weird, there's going to be that weird um, margin there where you can say, look, no, I'm going to cut this off. We're going to change the name. <laughs> And it's been long enough. We're gonna cut the name, change the name. I would. Does that I, make sense? Like, like, I would hate to be the guy that has to make that decision. Right. So like, certain. so if you're a junior, it could go either way with your kid. Yeah. Nowadays, you go you go to a junior, and that's probably about it. Um, but if you're a third, I, I think if you're a third or even a fourth, you're right on that weird spot of should I continue or should I not? But if you're like the seventh, you know, you know, Andrew the seventh or something, yeah. you're kind of like. Does that become like a you, royal you, name at that point? Maybe, I don't know. I, don't I would say there's a 90% chance that you probably should carry it on. <laughs> you know, just like, how far can this thing go? You know, like we're going to we're gonna break a record. It's going to take us about a thousand years. We're going to do it. Right? Yeah, I don't even, you know, yeah. and even that, I guess, uh, you could get into <laughs> some uh, some blue blood there? No. Yeah, no, okay. But uh, but anyway, so it is, I don't know, I find that kind of an interesting idea there. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we've grown up childhood friends about three years old I think is when uh, like my mom uh, started going to church and yeah. you guys were already there so we hung out a lot that was really cool yeah uh, what um, do you have any interesting childhood memories good bad or ugly you know did you I mean I have several of all of the above yes okay um, yeah I mean if we if we want to talk about like my most memor- memorable um, I don't know. You want to go traumatic or happy? You know, why not make this a therapy session? Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not licensed, <laughs> but I can take a good guess. <laughs> I've read a few books. Okay. All right. So we're traumatic. Um, yeah. So uh, I was about 13 years old. Um, me and my dad, we went on a, like a camping trip and uh, we, we rode dirt bikes Um and, you know, we were like, I don't know, going into the boonies and, and just kind of like roughing it, staying in his van, um, you know, in some hotels um, and just like, you know, going to like these mountainous areas. And yeah, we'd just ride all day. It was awesome. You know, we, we, we both, uh, he got me into dirt bikes and um, yeah. So, I mean, that was like something that we kind of bonded over, but um 
anyways, one <laughs> one night on our trip, uh, like I think we were actually looking for a hotel because it was going to get down into the 40s that night. So it was like, mm. yeah, this doesn't seem like a good idea to stay in the van. Uh, we did have our sleeping bags. I mean, they were they weren't like top of the line anything, but you know, they right. got the job done. So let me make sure you guys were basically camping in the van. Yes. Was your, was your plan yes. There? Was this yes. like an extended trip, like a week or longer? Or this was, was like a, this was over a weekend. Days? Okay, yeah. so a few um, days. Yeah, it was like Friday, and then come home Sunday. Maybe ride a little bit, or you know, or maybe maybe we could have been coming home on Monday. It's you know, yeah. I don't know. It's been it's been okay. a while. But I can help to give some context, understand what's going on. Yep. Um. And so, anyways, uh, we're looking for a hotel in the town that we're going to ride at next, and can't find a hotel. So we're like, okay, well, we'll just stay in the van. We unpack the bikes take them out of the the back of the van and we sleep it at a campsite at the trailhead i think it may have gotten down to 39 degrees that night um wasn't really that didn't seem like a big deal at the time then anyways we we kind of wake up the next morning like i'm i'm kind of like coming to a little bit and i see my dad get out of the van you know i guess he's going to take a leak and then next thing I know, I kind of hear like a thud against the, the van metal, uh, mm. you know, and I'm just like, I don't know what that is. I kind of see his silhouette, you know, against the back of the window and like, he's kind of like bobbing his head around and I'm like, what is he doing? I'm kind of like giggling. Like this is, you know, I don't know. Like your dad's being silly. Or yeah. Like, I just didn't know what he yeah. was doing. I was like, what is he doing? I'm going to ask him yeah. when he gets in here. And, um, so anyways, he, he walks around like the, the van, opens up the side van door and he just kind of like flops down in there like collapsing you know into into the back of the van you know oh, wow. like kind of right up right above where you know my if my feet were towards the back of the van my head was towards the front of the van but i was more i guess my yeah my most of my body was towards the back of the van he would have just missed me when he collapsed in and he's kind of like talking and he's like, I can't really understand what he's saying, but he's just like, Wah. and I'm just like, you know, I, I don't really know what to say. I'm like, dad, why do you sound like you sound like the Godfather or something? <laughs> and uh, I'm like kind of laughing. I, th- I almost think it's funny, but I don't understand. And uh, he kind of like gets it out that he's had a stroke. Oh, man. It's Man. yeah, and it, it was a massive stroke. Like it wasn't even, which is kind of crazy because you know he was he was in his early forties um, at that point, and uh, yeah, like <laughs> I'm 13 years old. Um, we have one cell phone on us at the time. It was a Nextel, which was uh, it was a flip phone that also acted like a a walkie-talkie. However, right, yeah, yeah, but we we had zero service. Um, for some reason um so basically it was up to me to get us to the er find a way to get to the er like you know and i don't know if like fight or flight obviously set in um and i did what i had to do i loaded up the bikes in the van and and then uh he obviously couldn't drive and like i said i was 13 so i drove his van i'd never (laughs) driven anything in my life but i drove his van uh, down these small country roads and into this little small town. I remember, you know, just pulling over. Finally, we had signal. I pulled over at this, um, you know, post office annex or something. Um, and yeah, I was able to call 911 and then they rushed there. And uh, yeah. Wow. So, how long? And like, how long were you driving? Do you think it was a couple minutes or was it a good bit of time? Or I'd say it was about 15 minutes. Wow. Man. Yeah. 
And so, like, in your mind, were you thinking just, I don't want to get in a wreck and I want to save my dad? Or was it, like, 13 years old behind the wheel of a, not just a car, but like a van, you know, a bigger vehicle? Was there a little bit, bit of that, hey, it, I'm driving? It's it's weird. And I guess, again, the adrenaline, you know, obviously we go into fight or flight. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, at this point in life, I'm going to say that mine is fight. Uh, you know, based on several other experiences. Yeah, I was going to ask uh, about that. If, that if, if you think that's kind of like played out over your life, if your your response there is uh, is yeah, like that. It's it's definitely more towards you know not not yeah. I, I didn't I didn't shut down. I I it's almost like I don't want to say like I I knew what I had to do, but like I was ready and willing to do whatever, and I had urgency about it and. Um, I just tried to, yeah, whatever, whatever was needed to be done, like let's execute and do it. And I guess it didn't really hit me until like a little bit later that day. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize until we, we got to the hospital and they, and they had told me, um, if I hadn't acted and done that, then he would have died. Or at least he he would have never made it back to even, you know, 50% of himself. Right, yeah, because with strokes, you know, it can really permanently damage you. Yeah. You know, whether yeah. that is through mobility or cognitively. Uh, I think, I, I, I don't, I've known people who have strokes. I, I'm pretty sure cognitively is the, you know, more likely to be the case. I think it depends on where it's at in the brain. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I'm curious with that, you know, obviously your family's glad that you acted. Mm-hmm. You're glad that you acted, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, um, but, um, you know, when you, as a kid, now you're 13, you're a little bit older, yeah. you're starting to get into that phase between boyhood and manhood, mm-hmm. you know, but having, realizing that um, because of your actions, you're able to do something so incredible, like save your dad's life and, and at least the, the way of life, that sort of thing, um, the kind of pressure that that can put on though. Uh, on you at a younger age is kind of a test. Not everyone receives it the same way. Right. Um, do you, like, did you feel not necessarily that there was pressure to perform, but did you feel pressure from that? Like moving forward? No, not, I mean, yes and no. Um, you know, he was in the hospital, um, for, for several, well, I'm not, I'm not actually not several days. He was, he was in the hospital for three days. Uh, and the the three days that he was in the hospital, I remember I was like, oh, I'm going to go, you know, cut grass to, to make us money. You know, I remember like trying <laughs> oh, to go man. door to door. Yeah, it was, you know, of course, my parents kind of shut me down. They're like, you don't have to do that. Like, it's right. going to be fine. But that, that is an interesting point, though. Your, your parents really did kind of help instill in that work ethic. And you're just going to constantly be working. And, uh, you know, again, I'm glad they said that you're in a position to where they said, you don't have to do that. You know, you're 13 years old. Right. You don't got to pay the medical bills. Yeah. But, but that, that same like, Hey, we're going to, I'm going to jump into it, mm-hmm. which also is interesting. That same, it's that same response with a fight or flight kicked in. You're going to jump into acting upon it, but that's, you know, it's not quite life or death in that moment of, I'm going to go cut grass, but, right. but there's still that same type of work ethic that I think, you know, it seems like it was already to some degree in you oh, by yeah. nature, but that was also nurtured pretty well in your family too. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I was I was kind of, I was put to work at a pretty young age. Uh, my dad started taking me to work with him when I was about three, 
So kind of like just for fun or company, you know. Um, but then obviously then I really started getting more and more into work um, with him, you know. And, and of course, I used to resent him a bunch for that. Fast forward 25, 30 years and yeah, I'm, I'm just like that. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad that he did make me do that. Right. Um, I think there was definitely a different way he could have went about it. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to do something similar uh, with my kids. Um, just yeah, just kind of it created a grit, um, and yeah, just even a mental. I think a mental toughness, and I think too as well as you know going through that experience and just a lot of different things, kind of like learning who I am as a person and, um, yeah, just being able to kind of push through things, you know, has, has really helped me. And yeah, I think, I think a lot of that did, did have to do with just, yeah, some of the stuff that he, he put me through, uh, whether it had been that traumatic experience or just, you know, uh, you know, making me go to work, um, you know, yeah. Yeah. So I think it's interesting because again, for being friends for so long and I've known each other for so long, we, have a little bit of a history to draw on, but so we talking like again that work. I think that I'm just gonna kind of, you know, just do the what task that's in front of me that's needed. Uh, one thing is kind of interesting. For a little while, you you moved in with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in Florida for a while. Uh, you came and stayed <laughs> at my apartment. There's so many adventures there that are, you know, it, it's interesting. But one of the things I was impressed with is you know you came in. I was like, hey, look, I'll give you a place to stay for a while uh, while you were trying to figure out what you're gonna do next, and. Um, you know, I think you actually came down twice. The first was for a short visit. Mm-hmm. The second time was for, I think, several weeks or maybe a, a month or two. Yeah. forget the exact length. Um, but at that point, it was like, okay, uh, to add extra stuff, backstory, we're not going to have to get into that today. But, <laughs> but my brother and his new wife was also living with me. Uh-huh. And we're like, look, you know, if you're staying for a week, that's one thing. You're visiting. And beyond that, you know, you're staying with us and you need to help kind of contribute. And uh, so you were like, hey, you know. You didn't have a job, so you just went to day labor and started working hard. I was I was impressed. Oh, yeah. yeah. And one one thing that really got me, and I will probably always keep this memory. Um, it's Florida. It's in the summer. It's hot. I have a like basically a glorified window unit. Oh uh, yeah. And that thing, it was like a loft apartment, so the upstairs had nothing. Yeah. Downstairs, you wanted to be in the kitchen or the living room that was just past that, so that you can get the airflow. It was. The apartment was cheap, and the airflow matched the price that I paid for the apartment. Yes, yeah. But I, I had it set higher, like 75 or closer to 80, because I did not want to pay for electricity for, to run the thing at 65 degrees. Right, which makes and, sense. And uh, I think my brother was like, can you make it colder? I was like, listen, if you want to put money on the table and say, hey, I'll pay, I'll pitch in more for electric this month. <laughs> All right. Then he's like, oh, no, I can't do that. And so you just got up, immediately went over push that sucker down to like 65 degrees and was like, I'll pay you tomorrow. I'm like, I know you'll do it. Yeah. That's, you know, so, some things have never changed because yeah. I'm still like that. I yeah. need it. I need minimum 66 degrees right. in my house for yeah. me to sleep. So, so, so let's back up a little bit. Yeah. So I mentioned, you know, Florida, you came there and again, you, so you've got your, um, you know, kind of that, that, that good attitude of you're going to like kind of put your head down if you need to, but you're going to, you're going to take care of whatever task is in front of you. Mm-hmm. Fight or flight. You've got the fight, it seems like, going on. You're going to push forward. Um, so what landed you in Florida? What was going on in your life before that? Because, again, you were you were here trying to figure out what was going on in life. I know you were trying a couple of different things. Master's Commission was mm-hmm. one yep. thing in particular. Uh, mm-hmm. So why don't you tell us a little bit about Master's Commission and then maybe what brought you to it and then what 
happened to make you leave? What even got me to go to Masters? Well, let's start back a little bit. Like, what is it? Yeah. So for because yeah, not, a lot was, of people have no idea what this yeah. is. So Masters Commission essentially in their in their words is a discipleship program that's basically you I think they said that you were tithing in a form because you didn't have money so you were tithing your time um, but you were also had the ability to get some college credits and learn some theology uh, basically it was like a college uh, but a discipleship college and for anyone who's not familiar um, the idea of like discipleship that's very um, you know very, it's not just Christian. It's, re, it's a religious terminology. Sure. In this case, cr- Christian. Yeah, yeah. Specifically yes, Christian. For Christian, yeah. Right. And so, you know, with discipleship, it, it's not just about what you say you believe. It's about how you're acting it out and you are mm-hmm. um, discipline and discipleship are linked together. Mm-hmm. You're disciplining yourself into becoming more of what your goal or your ideal is. And so, again, this one was within Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you mentioned tithing as well. Again, everyone may not be too familiar. Uh, the idea of tithing, um, you know, in the Bible we have where... Uh, the Israelites were commanded to uh, give one-tenth of everything that they earned. The idea is, I have not earned this by my own hand. Uh, yes, I've done the work and everything. I've disciplined myself. I'm harvesting. I'm doing whatever the, the deal is. I've, I've put my own blood, sweat, and tears into whatever my job is. And I've gained something. But I also have this understanding that God's the one who blessed it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you could say, for example, when, like we go to the grocery store. You know, within Christianity, you're supposed to. It's typical to pray for your pray over your meal to as to give a Thanksgiving or a blessing. And when we're here, like we go to the grocery store, you're in a big city. It's one thing to say, okay, yeah, it's nice, we can afford it. We just go to Walmart, Kroger, wherever, and and and, and buy the stuff. Yeah. But when you're growing your own food, you're out. You know, you're working the land. Yeah. You know that if you ever done any kind of a garden or your homestead, like you know that. You, there's no guarantee that what you plant is going to work, it's going to grow, and if it yeah. grows, it's not even going to be devoured by something else. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of the, the the concept, the purpose is that you're you're giving of yourself of what you've gained because you recognize that it's by God's provision, and so that's kind of the idea of tithing. And so typically that's for money, but you were saying that their idea of discipleship and tithing yeah. was your it, you don't have money. It was on, co- yeah, <laughs> it was basically it, it was for the whole span of your life. You're going to tithe one percent of your life, you know. And they broke huh. it down into some math. I don't know. You Ooh. know, we're kids and they're older than us, and they know. You know, um, but a little backstory to even before I, I I decided to go there. Basically, I was I was I was going to a youth group uh, at a, at a church. And I was the drummer for the youth group. I was a youth leader, quote unquote. I guess um, I, I'm not really sure if I was if I was actually looked at as a youth leader, but they kind of told me that I was. So I guess I was. I don't know. So like like a, still a student, uh, like a high school student who's kind of like in a leadership role, or or is this like after you graduated? No, I yeah I I had already graduated. Uh, okay, you know gotcha, I had a full time yeah. job. You know all those things. Yeah, I think I was I was eighteen going on nineteen, or maybe I was nineteen going on twenty. I'm not sure. Actually, okay. yeah, I think you know. Actually, yes, I was I was twenty years old, basically when 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 this program had come through, and they they do like this ministry where they'll they'll travel from all these different churches, and they'll they'll do like skits and. Uh, you know, like, I don't know, they'll play some music and then, you know, the, uh, the leader of the group, you know, who's also a pastor, he'll, he'll preach, you know, word kind of targeted towards, you know, the, the young kids and, and then they'll essentially try to recruit them into their program. 
to you know build up these young disciples and you know give them these life lessons and you know teach them how to be followers of Christ and so at that point in my life when they actually showed up at this church I was playing drums for I was by no means living a Christian lifestyle I was partying I was living with a girl just really in a bad spot in a lot of different ways you know the people that I hung out with um, yeah living living right. living a, living a, a basically not what you would see is like oh this is a Christian leader youth leader like this isn't right what, you definitely were not is, a good yeah. example of what not really a Christ that follower out. Christian would be like okay Correct. gotcha yeah so anyways uh, they, they come in through the town and I'm just playing drums there because I like to play drums and and I, that's really the only reason I would go you know that my parents had kind of instilled in me like you go to church um, mm-hmm. that's what you got to do and so I, I guess I would go for that and I kind of knew like there was you know it was good for me in a sense but also I was kind of on the brink of just not believing in it at all right uh, your actions certainly didn't look like it but even beyond that in your mind and your heart you were just kind of not even really sure about this anymore yeah exactly and uh i remember you know i had me me and a buddy of mine we had decided we were going to get an apartment together and Mm -hmm. uh we'd been looking and everything like that and then obviously masters came into town they're recruiting and i remember i had a uh, a buddy of mine uh named chad he was actually he was he was technically still in the youth group and again okay, I was yeah. I was like his leader but we were friends and we were buds and low key on the side like we would hang out and we would like smoke weed together. Okay. Uh yeah, so yeah. like so again, great leadership. Great leadership. <laughs> yeah, ab- absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh so anyway, and we, of course it wasn't like I like persuaded him or anything like hey kid come to you know, come to this dark alley, let's do some drugs. Right. But it was just, you know, like we became friends and then he was kind of like opened up to me, I opened up to him and then, you know, there was a friendship made mm-hmm. out of uh but it was, you know, uh not very profitable in a lot of ways in that sense. But anyways, so Masters comes in and he decides uh, he's going to go. Of course, you know, some of it, there, there were some cute girls and uh, they had talk, yeah. talked him into it. And uh, he, he's like, yeah, man, come on, you got to go, you got to go. And I was like, yeah, I might go, I might go. And I was like, ah, I don't know, though, but maybe, you know. And then <laughs> So anyways, I, I go and I look at this apartment. And uh, I like it. And me and my buddy were, were talking about, like, yeah, we can do this, man. We can just keep this lifestyle that we got going on. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just not even going to do that master's thing. Yeah, um, so, so you were, you had the opportunity. You certainly weren't living the life. It would have been a major change for you, mm-hmm. as I understand it. Because not only was it just, oh, here's the rules you can't follow. It would have been a much more close-knit community. And you couldn't have gotten away with it if you wanted to. Correct. For the most part, at least. I mean, you can always find some re- way to get away. But, like... It would have been a significant shift for you to do this, yeah. and then get disciplining you yourself in something that you're not even sure you believe anymore. Mm-hmm. That's a exactly. big step to take. Yeah, exactly. Right, and so or you can live the comfortable life, yeah. having your fun, you know, in the immediate, moving in with a friend, you know, as opposed to going with people that you don't even know. Yeah. So that that was a really you know it's it did, so did I say that up correct about where you're where yeah. you're at this point? Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, make sure I like, got that. Mentally, for me, it was kind of a no-brainer. Like, don't go. Stay home. Party. Have fun. Live your mm-hmm. life. Like, I'm having too much fun. I'm, you know... And I think, actually, that, that girl that I lived with, like, ended up breaking up with her. You know, she was kind of bad news for me. And, you know, and then I was, like, kind of having my fun and being single and mingling. That, you know, I, there was just really no motivation to, like, step into, into this faith that I 
kind of borderline on anyways. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't even know if I believe this too much anymore. It was um, certainly inconvenient for you to believe. Yeah, yeah. But I remember, and and also too, just to, to add a little bit to what Masters was, you know, they'd kind of give you a description of what the rules were uh, while you were there as a first year. So basically, and this is like a col- like I said, it's like a college program type situation and i think at the end of it you're supposed to get a job in a church doing something like i think yeah so it's it's almost kind of like a christian religious version of a technical or trade school correct you're not going to get it's not like you're getting pre-med or anything right gonna go but but you would basically have gone through all the requirements and information everything they need you to know they know that they can test you they know you that you're you know what you're doing they can put you in a church position yes pastor Mm -hmm. you know uh, teacher, whatever it is. Okay. Yeah, inevitably it ends up being like this internship type situation mm-hmm. at, at some church, and you get to do some job that you want to do. Or, and anyways, parameters of the first year were you can't have a job, you can't have a girlfriend, you know, no romance mm-hmm. whatsoever. What about um, bromance? Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> no, that uh, depends. I'm sure they, they <laughs> not, not romance, but like, I'm sure they, they encouraged, you know, you know, good friendships. You yeah, know, I mean, thing, but, you know, and. Yeah, yeah. Did I mention you couldn't have a job? I, I yeah, said no, yeah, no I said job, no girl, you know, no yeah. relationships like that. Yeah, um, and then second year, you could do, basically that was, you could do that. You could have a job, you could have mm-hmm. a girlfriend, there, yada, so, yada, because you were now matured in your faith. Um, okay. You know. And, and when, when they were going around, going to different places, and they were essentially recruiting people or say, hey, if this is interesting to you, you can come, come to, and when I say recruiting, some people, their minds like, oh, you're just going around trying to recruit people into your, your thing, and, and you know, but is that any different from recruiting somebody to go to your college, your university? No, I mean, it's, you know? it's very similar, but, you but know. I guess I'm curious. I know that there's other groups who do this. They're, they know that when they're going around and when they're sharing their messages, they're doing their thing, and when they're they're asking people to come join them, they know that you're going to get a mixed bag, but especially you're going to get people who might have been in your situation. You know, there are people who are in or even in rougher situations. They, they're not picking the cream of the crop. Like this kid grew went to a Christian school. He like aced his Bible classes. He's got the comb over, yeah. the full three piece suit on Sunday. Yeah, like, this, they, no. they, they weren't really trying to go for that type of person. They were actually, and come to find out later, and I didn't realize this, but they were actually kind of going for more of the 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 guys who were falling off and, mm-hmm. and kind of starting to you know choose their own path and 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 think you know. That they had it all figured out and they didn't need church or they didn't need this faith. And so actually that I was their target. I, mm-hmm. I was the guy exactly who they wanted. Apparently my buddy Chad was also that guy. And yeah. they knew about it. And it's funny, you know, when you're a kid, you think you're, you know, nobody knows what you're doing or what you're up to, you know, as far as like adults. You're like, ah, they're stupid. They're oblivious. <laughs> they don't know anything. And, of course, you know, as we got older, we figured, it. you know, we we, <laughs> we know more than, than what a kid is let, letting on to. And right. uh, same with them. Obviously, they knew exactly what I was up to and what I had been doing. I, I had been targeted at that point, and uh, rightfully so, because I, yeah, I met mm-hmm. all of those parameters, I guess. Right, so, so now we have a decent idea of Master's Commission. There's mm-hmm. this almost like a vocational type of ministry training that ultimately they want to put you in a church, but they're also not trying to get, you know, the cream of the crop, the top tiered, you know, Christian example of a Christian, Mm -hmm. but it seems like, and maybe not necessarily like, it seems like they would take anybody, but they're not trying to necessarily get the, the worst person who's never even heard Jesus name either. Somebody who's grown up in church is, it seems like their ideal person would be, you grew up in church, uh, you're familiar with everything, but you're not really, 
committed or you're kind of falling away. So you kind of have a basic kind of a foundation, even if it's a bad one. Yeah. That's, this, uh, so yeah. That, that's who they're wanting to take in and kind of help, help mold them uh, into somebody who is much more strong in their faith. Mm-hmm. And, so and whether or not practice, you know, puts it there, that at least seems to be the ideal goal or, or, or you know, may not be their exact mission statement, but that right. seems to be what they're looking for. Does that make sense? Yeah, you think absolutely. It's a fair assessment? Yeah, I think I okay. think that's yeah, that's that's exactly what and it is. If anyone's listening who is much more familiar with Masters Commission, you've actually ran that, you've gone through it. Let me know, chartinglifepodcast at gmail and we'd love to have you on and talk about some of this stuff. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, I after that I'd... little plug into the show and how to communicate with us, right. um, so so we have an idea of what Masters Commission is, what and kind of what um, your situation was that that drew you in there. What was life like when you were there, and then ultimately, kind of what, what what did your exit look like, or what what kind of led to that? Well, let me start with what even got me to go because I was not going to go. I, right? Yeah, I you were said you weren't going to go. Yeah, I was not going to go. I was actually, uh, like I said, I, me and my buddy had looked at this apartment. We were going to get it. Uh, I was actually on my way to this apartment to sign a lease and get it going, and uh, all of a sudden, I just kind of like, I just had this feeling and almost I guess like a very uh, loud thought uh, we'll put it like that that if I were to sign that lease it was going to be the biggest mistake of my life and I remember it was it was very weird for me because I realized later that actually that was uh, the Holy Spirit speaking to me right so let me ask you real quick mm -hmm. Had you had, maybe not to that degree, but have you had previous experiences like that before? Or was that, you know, pretty unique to you at that point? Yeah, I think at that point it was. I think there was some instances when I was in seventh grade um, where I had had these, like, spiritual, I don't know, like, encounters in certain parts of my teen years i had these spiritual encounters but it you know it wasn't anything like it was enough to make me try to live out that lifestyle but then you know it's kind of like day-to-day grind and 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 people you hang out with and everything like that and you just kind of like forget about it and lose touch and then after a while you you know of not really practicing it or uh you know you you just kind of yeah maybe it was all fake you know, maybe none of that was real. Maybe it was all in my head. Uh, yeah, it's type. The, the daily grind really does kind of test your resolve, your commitment. When you're in fight or flight mode, mm-hmm. it's one thing. Your adrenaline's pumping, you're going, and you're making your decisions. And in some ways, that is, I don't want to say it's easier per se. Everybody's experience is going to be different there. But it's almost like, hey, I have this moment that I have to make a decision. Mm-hmm. But when it's the daily stuff, it's, these little decisions over and over and you feel like we feel like we can afford to fail here and there. Yeah. And, and it, which is kind of true. Yeah. But things do add up, but, Oh yeah. But then ultimately, you know, like I said, kind of, you know, maybe kind of maybe going back to when you had this, this moment, this is gonna be the worst decision you're going to make. Yeah. It's not that this is the first time you have ever had any experience, but it certainly wasn't, it was certainly different from what you've had before. Yeah. Uh, more, ex- more intense. It, yeah. More well, clear. especially for the for where I was, because again, like I'm on the brink of disbelief, and uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, this, you know, again, not audible. It's not. This Andrew, is the biggest mistake yeah. you'll ever make. Like that. It's just more of like a feeling, conscious, conscience. I don't know. I, I really don't know how to describe 
hearing something that is external but also internal right uh, it's, it's from like a, you yeah. you know that it's not your thought like right. i'm in my mind this is not going to be there's no doubt this is the best decision i'm about to make ever mm-hmm. uh i'm getting ready to have the ultimate bachelor lifestyle uh you know yeah i was getting ready to be great and then i get this and i'm you know what to do with that of course i i knew what to do with it i i i turned around i turned around and i went home and i uh and i signed up for master's commission and it was the it, that was a very that was really i would say at least in my adulthood my first encounter with god mm-hmm. uh yeah at, 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 you know in a matured state of mind and a you know kind of somewhat educated you know which i was still young and dumb but kind of having a little more understanding aside from being like you know like 12 to 14 years old and and and, you know youth group and all that um you know making my own decisions type situation right it's kind of the the way i kind of describe my i guess you could say salvation when you grow up in church depending on the church you go to you know um especially in most protestant churches it's like oh hey I went to the altar and I got saved like 45 times when I was a kid. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. You get baptized a bunch. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but regardless, you know, so it's, it's when you grew up in church and especially when it is, uh, your faith is more confessional Mm -hmm. and we can, it's very interesting to me, but it's another topic for another show is like how some churches do things differently. If you're Catholic, you're baptized typically when you're a baby or when you first come in, things like that. But if you're a more confessional church that your salvation is on your profession of you profess Christ, mm-hmm. it might be hard to pinpoint exactly when you got saved. If you've been, grew up in church, you know, and you kind of make that, you know, commitment. But for me, the, the way I've described it and, and what you're saying kind of reminds me a bit is, um, I can tell you, I can't tell you the time, the first time I ever prayed and said, Jesus come into my heart, but I can tell you the time when my faith became my own. Yes. It wasn't my parents' faith. It was my faith. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't just because my parents believed. I assessed whatever information I needed to, and I made that personal commitment. So it's so, anyways, it sounds a little bit. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah, basically that, that sounds that, you know, like I said, there, there were instances in seventh grade that I had, you know, uh, you know, certain leaders that had a profound impact on my life. And, and there were some spiritual things there, but again, it was, there was a lack of understanding within me and just not knowing what to do with, you know, what it was. And then, uh, you know, how much of it was, was a, a bias just, yeah, being young and impressionable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This time it was kind of like, I'm out on my own. I have my own way of thinking. This is how I do things. And then, you know, boom, wake up call. Here it is. Yeah. And you uh, answered. Yeah. And I, and I, and I, you know, great. Yeah. I'm glad I, I'm glad I did. I'm glad that, you know, there was kind of like that imprint and just, Mm -hmm. so anyways, turned around, uh, went home, told my buddy, I was like, yeah, I think I'm not going to do this. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go to Florida. Uh, which is where the master's commission okay, was. Was, was that in uh, uh, Orlando? It was area in Orlando. Okay. It was okay. uh, at, a, at a church called Faith World. I know a guy who's who at least at one point was connected to that. The next the next step in that whole thing was there was you know we go down and we we look at the campus if you will mm-hmm. uh, and check it out and kind of spend the weekend there and feel it out and see if it's definitely something we want to you know do and then uh, yeah at that point um, I think to go tuition was $5,000 for the year, which, yeah, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't sound that bad, you know, in comparison to other colleges, granted, I, you know, the college credit you get for this is, I, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not, yeah, you're not going to go out of there and yeah, but if you're going to end up in a church for the people who go through it, everything, 
yeah that's that's good enough just like a vocational thing yeah you know, i think I, it's basically a, yeah it leads to the next step type situation and and i think then that gets accredited and it just like right yeah like yeah. a short no, but the point is it's it's still mm-hmm. education you got a year for five thousand dollars yeah um which is mm-hmm. pretty reasonable when it comes to uh, higher education yeah you know oh yeah yeah especially if it includes room and board and everything and you're in florida yeah you know mm-hmm. but anyways yeah so say so, so you go down check out the campus did you like it yeah i thought it was a blast i mean we were a in florida it was in orlando i think we went to uh like universal or didn't no, we didn't go to universal we went to like the uh the boardwalk or something like that mm-hmm. which is like outside of universal anyways it was, yeah i know it was a great time like i've always loved florida mm-hmm. and then i was down there with no parents for the first time <laughs> so that was cool yeah uh, if, if only your uh bachelor living days could have been yeah <laughs> yeah right? oh, yeah. oh man uh, so this would have been what 2008 2009 so this was 2009 yeah okay. this was about uh june actually is when we went really down. june 2009 or may 2009 is that when you like moved that. or is that just no 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 out? we just that's when we went okay. to check it out had a blast loved all the people loved the energy all that good stuff i was like yep i'm sold let's do it i'm gonna sign up i think of september is when you know it started so get down there and uh yeah, kind of like re reunion with you know, I I can't it's I guess I can't really say reunion. Yeah, it was a reunion because uh, you know I made friends with all these people and um, you know we had like heart to hearts I guess in a in a way yeah, you, while you, we were down there for the weekend. You make the connections, especially if you guys are similar. You know, you're gonna be different, different uh, situations, um, different experiences, especially since you're kind of coming from all over the place. You cut. You're coming from Kentucky down to Florida, but you're having people who are have had similar um, experiences. Isn't the quite the right word, but you're 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 in a similar situation. Similar walks. Similar, similar, similar walks. Walks. There you yeah. go. And yeah, and of course similar, the second yeah. years and the third years, they're mm-hmm. all they're. It's the same thing. They're like, yeah, I was. This is it. where I was in my life, and then you know, masters came in. I made the step and. You know, and, and, and here I am and it's great and, you know, I couldn't be closer to God and, you know, it was, yeah, so, uh, and, and it's funny because I, I didn't, even though I had, you know, received that message to go, uh, I didn't stop living the way I was living. Right. Uh, I just kept going basically with a countdown to, yeah, this was D-Day, I'm going to go here, I'm going to change my life there. Right, you're uh, going to have us, you know, yeah, run, run the clock down. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's going to change anyways, might as well, Yeah, you just know. get it all out of my system, you know, yeah. all of that and, stuff. And that's an interesting topic. We don't have time in this, this uh, show, this episode, but that might be something, at least an idea to explore. Mm-hmm. You know, the benefit, the pros and cons, of that. like the Amish mm-hmm. have like Rumspringer or something where that's, you go out, you test the oh, world. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe get out some of your vices, <laughs> and then you come live, or then you choose, you know, from there. Right. And that might be kind of harsh, but... Um, you know, in our, you know, growing up the church we did, um, it's not like as strong holiness as Aaron, um, grew up in, but the idea of being holy is an aspect of Pentecostal theology. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, the growing up, like, like, uh, it's almost like the instinct that we, we might've had is don't do that. Don't try to get it all out. Just stop, you know, stop it. You know, even if you have to like work yourself down a bit, try to stop, um, and granted, and wisdom would say, don't run the clock out like, like you were trying to yeah, do. Yeah. But, I mean, well, you're 19, 20 years old. That's, yeah. But um, but, but I, I would be curious how other people would view that. Would they say, yeah, you know what? That's a great idea. You know, and, and, and here's why. <laughs> you know, but I, I know like our instinct would be probably more of saying, 
that's not a good idea. <laughs> I, I still I would not condone doing it. Right. Um, right. And and there's reasons for that. The, the, the of course I I come to experience later in my life. At first, like everything was great. Um, I mean, we would do. I think the, I remember the hardest part of it being is we would have these tests at the end of the week. Uh, and it was memorizing scripture, and mm. they would increase the amount of scriptures we would do each week. Uh, okay. So I think it started with five, and then ten, twenty, and then you know I think yeah by the end of the year it's you know you're in the hundreds like 150 or something something like that. I don't that know. You have to memorize that in a you week, have or to, you have accumulated. You've accumulated now. Oh, you now okay, you basically okay. know yeah. I was thinking least, you had seven days to memorize 150. No, no, that would it's be like, okay. Like you'd be like, like well, they, they really put you yeah, through. You have to read like you know entire <laughs> passages at that point instead of uh, unique yeah, verses. But okay, just, so yeah, so so it, they kind of run you through the gauntlet. You know, they, they yeah, um, and that probably tests you. That probably. The people who are not committed mm-hmm. um, yeah. are probably going to fall away from that point. They're like, yeah, this isn't for me. Yeah. Um, any uh, idea what the what the convert like what the uh, success rate was? That did you have a lot of people drop out first year or no? Um, actually, well, <laughs> yes, but that's late. That's down the road okay. yeah. later on. This this was a. Uh, I guess a fluke of a year for master's commission, at okay. least um, from my understanding. Yeah, a lot of a lot of crazy, wacky things went on in the year that I was there. Yeah, um, which it's even crazy to think about all that happened the way that it did. But um, yeah, so I mean, we would yeah we'd be learning all these scriptures and then you know doing uh like volunteer services and like you know big brother programs and then we'd clean the church or we would you know the church that i was at was a really big church uh just to kind of give it like some perspective it was benny hen's church oh wow okay Uh, yeah and then um you know, I don't know if we if we name drop on this or not. Well, I already said it was Faith World. Yeah, so. yeah, you do what you want. Yeah, Clint Clint Brown was the uh, the the pastor okay. at that time, um, and he he was a pretty big you know name in gospel music, mm-hmm. uh, especially at that time. Um, Dwight Howard, uh, the center at the time for the Magics, went to that church. Oh, okay, yeah, I was gonna say that, that's a. It's a basketball player. I think yeah. I, I was going to make a joke there, but that really was him. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, um, yeah, I remember like I was a grip on the uh, a grip is a. Uh, I mean, I, I I think this is what a grip is: is a guy who holds a wire for a camera, a cameraman. Uh, at least in in my definition, that's what it was because okay. that's what I was doing. So they don't trip over it, or, or yeah, basically there's yeah. yeah he's like he's running all around the stage with a handheld camera, and it was a giant camera. Um, right. You know, okay. This was 2009, so um, yeah, technology was a little different than um, I think now. It would just be on a camera phone, maybe, or a really compact like HD type camera. I don't know. Anyways, yeah. I I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but anyways, I remember at one point, like I'm holding this grip, uh, or I'm holding this wire and I'm following the guy and there is this, uh, metal thing called a truss that, that has like these stage lights on it. And it's really low to the ground actually. Hmm. Uh, and I'm like following him and I smack my head right into it. Everyone sees it. (laughs) Like, I mean, I was just, yeah. And this uh, is during like a live church yeah, service. Yeah, this is, yeah. Okay. And this is being recorded. You know, this is something people are watching on TV. Like, it, yeah, it was right right there playing as, yeah, it was uh, pretty embarrassing for me. Yeah. Um, but, you know. So I know um, you're behind the camera, but do you know if that was caught on camera? 
Yeah, I, I think it was. Yeah, I, oh, I, awesome. I, granted, I don't yeah. think that it was in the shot that they had on the TV. At right, that point. right. But I'm just saying that would be an interesting uh, footage. To get yeah, I mean, in the to, con- see, to see at this point, but in the control room, yeah. they got a pretty good laugh of it, and they, you know, <laughs> yeah. poked fun at me. You were for a okay? Bit. Didn't get? Uh, yeah, no. I mean, yeah. it, it rung my bell, but I got up and I was like, that was embarrassing. I got to pretend like nothing happened. Uh, yeah, show must go on. Yeah, and I think even too there was like uh, a time where he, the 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 camera guy is going down the aisle, and like I'm just sitting there, I don't even know what to do, and I just like I kind of crawl across the ground, <laughs> like down the center of the pews and uh, down the aisle, and I remember you know again caught on camera. And uh, they're just like, they again poking fun at me. They're like, yeah, they're like, maybe don't do that next time. Like, all I see is like, we go to camera two, and there you are just spidey crawling across the ground. And I was just like, great. Like, this is like, I, this is not a good yeah. first time doing that. Like, I yeah. really am not into this anymore. They did not train you. They did not train. Yeah. 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 I would say, like, I, I love photography. And at one point, I thought I, that was going to be one of my career paths. Yeah. But I realized that, like, you have to have no regard for people's personal space yeah. or for the flow of anything. If you're going to be a photographer, yeah. Um, like you have to just get right up in their, their yeah. face or you have to, to like just walk right through the crowd. Like it's no big deal. And, and, and when I'm, you know, if I'm at an event or something in my mind, I'm thinking of the production of it in general. Yeah. And so I'm thinking, okay, you know, this is probably going to look this way. The camera is going to be here. People, the audience is going to see this thing or listening to, to this other spot over here. And so there, there's where their attention is going to be. And so I think of it maybe in those terms. So I'm like, I don't want to interrupt that, which is why I would not be good as a photographer. But I love watching photographers yeah. do the things I'd be nervous to do. Oh, yeah. They're bold. They don't care. They're sneaking out from like behind like, you know, fake plants or whatever. Or they're yeah, they're I mean, just crawling under you, chairs if they have to. You've got to essentially feel like you're a ghost of some form because mm-hmm. of how intrusive you are in yeah. just somebody's personal space yeah. and getting you're in their bubble and just yeah and it's yeah I don't know it, it's it wasn't really for me in that sense I mean right. obviously photography you know be a little bit different but even then like even being the grip guy or if I became the guy who held the camera like I would hate doing that I wouldn't I just wouldn't feel comfortable with it uh but yeah it, it didn't gel with that immediately hated it um but yeah anyway so uh <clears throat> As, as far as master commission goes, um, you know, it was, it was a good program starting out. Um, I had a, a pretty good, uh, teacher. He was, you know, he was very intellectual. Uh, his name was Bobby. Uh, they called him P Bob. Okay. That, that was, that was an interesting name. <laughs> I thought yeah. it was, it seemed silly yeah. to me. I don't know. Or so, P Bobby, yeah. you know, yeah. was another one. Um, so it, let me ask you a little bit. So how, how long, um, how, how many years in masters were you? I was uh, one year in. One year in, okay. Yeah. And then did you quit like before the next year started or? I quit before the end of the year. Before the, So you didn't I quite was, make it. I was actually end. out by February. Okay, so from what's it, June or July? Uh, September. September. I didn't make it very okay, long. Okay, so you made it the equivalent of just a little over the college semester. Yeah. Uh, so what, uh, what, what drove you to that point what kind of led up to your decision to quit well and and why did you quit yeah so this is where things kind of got messy everything was gelling and and pretty cool over at faith world and then all of a sudden you know word came down that pastor bobby was going to get fired okay we we have no idea why it didn't make any sense he's doing a good job with the program everybody loves him uh and so yeah he i remember pastor bobby comes in one day he's in tears and he's like 
I'm I'm moving to a different, you know, master's commission. I'm not going to be your mm-hmm. leader anymore. And they have, just for clarity, there was multiple master's commissions. They had them yeah, of there's, across the U.S. Apparently they're nationwide. Uh, different churches adopt the program, you know, okay. whether it be like, you know, they're trying to get some type of... Um, I don't know, help in, in just, you know, kind of like day laborers or just people kind of, <laughs> you know, but then they're also teaching them. Like, it's kind of like a give and take in that sense. Right, right. I mean, um, especially when you're, you know, when you're adults too, you can kind of yeah. consent to and then a, a, And then, you know, they're almost like apprentices of the ministry in that sense. Yeah. And they're coming so, yeah. up and they're going to, eventually they're going to work for that church. So anyways, yeah, so he gets canned and uh, it's, it's a big ordeal. Like, it becomes chaos immediately. Like, mm. uh, people are really upset. They're crying you know the people that had known him longer like i was upset you know but i didn't know him that long there's guys who have been there you know all four years with him and um yeah and then and you know people are walking off the premise you know and they're like Man. we're not coming back we're moving we're going home uh you know and i remember yeah. one time or one day we come in and there's you know i think we started out with like 20 something people you know in total all four years and uh and then it, it came down to just i don't know there was like eight people that showed up wow um and i remember the pastor of the church who we had never like talked to in person before okay uh came down and had a conversation with us you know because like uh, this guy was essentially like a, a celebrity so that was i remember thinking mm. like whoa this is big time like he's yeah. gonna talk to yeah, us yeah it's big enough church for one but that yeah you've not talked to him yet in the like was six seven months that you've been engaged with this and he's i guess is he trying to well i uh, I hadn't even been in it that long actually i'm sorry this had this had only been it only went on for about a month before all this happened okay yeah it was it was i mean it was very quick granted we still we were with each other every day so there's quite a bonding you know i mean kind of expedited friendship relationship you bond yeah it's kind of like yeah yeah when you go to camp and Mm -hmm. for like a week and you're with these people and like you have this you know this sacred bond with each other that you know uh you didn't have with anybody else and yeah i mean you've you've been through camp you know what that's like yeah so it was i mean it was kind of like that just we've been there for a month maybe it was like a month and a half right and uh yeah anyway so he comes down he's like we're gonna have more unity you know with eight people than we will out of you know the whole group and okay so he's trying to spin it yeah that's that's fair i mean any any person in that position would be trying to spin that in the best way they can. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, it's like, not technically wrong yeah. either. So but anyway, so so he's trying to, to help kind of smooth things over a bit and kind of retain the people that he's got left over. Is that fair? Yeah, and it's in the what I took from it is essentially it was a financial decision because financially mm-hmm. that yeah, they just couldn't cut it. Um they had to get rid of him, you know, it was nothing against him. It right. was just more financial. They should have charged you guys $6,000. They should have charged you 6,000. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. And then he, he leaves, and the youth pastor of the church ends up taking over as the leadership. <laughs> and it, okay. it wasn't very good. I mean, it was kind of like, uh, you know, he didn't really talk or teach us or anything. It was just kind of like we went to a basketball game once and watched a game, and then we worked a concession at that basketball game and huh. then or a different basketball game. And then all of a sudden it was, yeah, we're shutting down, guys. Man. Okay, so they shut it down. You didn't just leave. We're not there yet. We're not there. We're yet. We're not okay. there yet. Right, well, let, no. Let's let's try to um, you know, let's see if we can 
get get to there. So tell me. Okay. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, uh, yeah go to, uh, I, I moved to North Carolina because that's where Pastor Bobby went. Okay, follow, so you, you follow I, the, the that I, pastor. I follow him there. Uh, we go and I'm there now from, I, I basically I stay there from October till February. And I remember when I went there, it was kind of like, you know, developing my relationship with God, it it, it 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 took a different turn. Like it was like I went to the next level, I guess. Okay. You know, new new place, new me, reinvented in a sense. Yeah, you there's know. depth to it. New layer. That's yeah. You know, I, uh, cliche versus cliche. Yeah. You know, we go. Th- up, but, this is who I yeah. was in this town. I can now be mm-hmm. who I was trying to be in this town type mm-hmm. situation. And I go there, and there's a lot of growth. I remember fasting uh, a lot. Um, and just, yeah. Uh, and it, and it was rough there. Actually. I remember, um, they would give us $10 to live on for food, uh, every two weeks. Oh, did you have food beyond that? Or were you supposed to supply like, like it was like $10 supplements, whatever it was, we would work yeah. at this daycare and they, in mm-hmm. our pay was $10 per person, uh, again for, for two weeks, two so weeks like of food, a dollar a day. Essentially, yes. Uh, basically, so lots of ramen. Did you get people try to, you know, did you go on TV and see if we could sponsor a child? Yeah, uh, it was essentially like child? that. It was, it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they wanted us to write letters, <laughs> yeah. you know, to any anybody and everybody that we knew. Okay. Um, yeah, re- and really try to fundraise yourself. Yeah. Needless okay. to say, there were some weeks we actually didn't work at that daycare, and so yeah, it was just. And and I remember like Man. my parents really didn't have the money, and I just I just went without. And yeah. yeah, it was, it was very, but, and that's when I really, really leaned in, into my faith at that point in my relationship with God and really started to develop that and, and have that strong connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it just, my, just a totally different, uh, universe was, was, um, opened up to me i guess that's this is then where this takes i started okay. to know i started to gotcha. notice little things here and there of corruption and and, mm-hmm. and and just kind of there was a lot of corruption kind of going on that you know wasn't really plain to see and uh yeah god started to open okay. my eyes towards those things uh, some manipulation going on, mm-hmm. um, and just and just the, the overall leadership. And Pastor Bobby, he wasn't a part of that. He actually wasn't the leader of this master's commission. He was going to take over later. Okay, so um, he was there, I guess, working to some degree and was uh, kind of moving up whatever positions or ranks was available to him at the time, mm-hmm, yeah. to, I guess, to get the position that he had previously? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. But you notice that this particular master's in North Carolina... This... this, um, this, this this leadership was there. Yeah, they were. They weren't really good news. Um, okay. And yeah, it, I remember at some point, like God spoke to me, and I remember Him, you know, just saying it's time to leave. And I, I'm just hmm. like, was this similar huh? to the voice you heard back in Kentucky? Yeah, yeah. Saying? And at this point, like it was. I mean, I knew I, I had been hearing from God a lot. You know, there's yeah. this. You know, there's a lot of. You know, I got. I got. A journal of of just a lot of things that were spoken to me at this point. So I'm I'm very familiar at this point with what what yeah. this is. Yeah, you're much I, more tuned into it. Maybe the, the yeah, extra noises, I'm, so to speak, have been dialed down. I, I'm I yeah I, I've I've it. dialed into that frequency. I can okay. I'm on that frequency now. I yeah. can I can hear I can I can yeah I I'm basically if I'm if I'm feeling it in this certain way I know exactly what that mm-hmm. is and that's you know that's the Holy Spirit speaking to me and and giving me some form of guidance gotcha um, and so again in this case 
It's time to go. So uh, I don't understand. I'm confused. I'm like, why would you send me here if you want me to leave? This doesn't make any sense. Like yeah, I thought so the whole pretty point... quick turnaround time. Yeah, especially yeah. in the yeah, I wasn't there for very long. Didn't even complete one year. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it just it seemed very backwards in a sense. I was like, yeah, that's not God. Uh, I'm definitely I yeah. Th- there's some calibrations that are needed here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I remember going into a service that night in which the deacon of the church was preaching. I remember he was like, yeah, this is uh well, actually, I should say the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, listen up, you know, because I'm sitting so here. Like pay attention to. Yeah. You're, you're trying to focus inwardly. I, I'm, on yeah, voice. I'm over here just still confused and, and he's just listen up. And I'm like, OK. And I <laughs> and I did that. I remember the deacon goes, this message is from the Holy Spirit. I got this from the Holy Spirit directly. And so I'm like, this is, an, I, OK, you got that, my it's, attention. It's one of those things where, yeah, again, it's your attention. And I, and I would say just from wisdom. If someone dares to speak on behalf of God, not just, I've done study of scripture, I believe this is the case, or the scripture clearly says this, we go back down that road, but the point is, like, I've studied scripture, and I, I've come out, I've discovered the truth here. Yeah. You know, there's one thing, and it's another thing to say, thus saith the Lord. Yeah. I'm declaring on behalf of God something to be true. Your ears should go up and be skeptical, yeah. I would say, because oh, yeah. this is, and I'm sure you're, you're going to yeah. get into this, but, like, yeah. is this true or not? Yeah. Because, I mean, you're, you, and, and, in order to make a statement yeah. like that, either, yeah, either... There, there's, there's no you, middle ground on that one. You're, it's either accept it or condemn it. Yeah. At that point, it's, it's really where you're at at that point. Authority or psychotic. Like, this. Yeah. yeah, it's just, yeah, it's one of those. <laughs> so, anyways, the message was uh, get out of the boat. And the whole message was, you know, Peter getting out of the boat and going mm-hmm. to meet with Jesus and walk on water. During the storm, you know, he'd mentioned that the waves were contrary uh, to them and uh, yeah it was frightening and, and, and the whole group of disciples said no it's a ghost it's this it's that mm-hmm. don't go don't get out of the boat that's not the right thing to do don't do it uh, and Jesus you know said keep your eyes on me and walk towards me and get out of the boat and he got out of the boat and he and he walked on the water with Jesus during a storm I, I, I it couldn't have been any more clear at that point yeah. I was like, just th- how this has happened, like, okay, God, you've, yes, I, I believe you now. I understand. I don't understand, but I understand right. you, you definitely want me to leave. Yeah. And I'm um, going to trust you. And it seems, it seems like that was your yes. response. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So anyways, and, and I remember even then, like there started to get some opposition towards me. I don't even know why it was kind of, it was just, it was a whole weird I mean that's a, that that I could that could be a whole nother podcast right. for another day. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, ended up leaving that way, and you know I remember telling them I'm leaving, and you know they weren't very happy about it. Yeah, they tried to convince me, and I was like, oh, I gotta go. Yeah, so you were saving them about a dollar a day when you when you left, right? I was set at that point. Yeah, at that <laughs> yeah, point. Yeah, no. Probably. Um, but okay, so so there was some resistance, uh, not just resistance, but you said some people were there were some instances, uh, you know, previous conversations we've had that. It was just, you kind of had a bit of a target on your back. Mm-hmm. Um, you believed it was your time to leave. Didn't seem like it was right, but you know, the whole, you seem you're confident that that was God telling you what to do. You trusted the voice yeah. and, and you did. Yeah. Uh, how did that, at least the pastor, uh, Brian, Brian, we're getting that right. Bobby. Bobby. I knew it was yeah. B. G. P. Goodness, Bob. P. Bob. P. Bob. P. Bob. How, how did, did you talk to him? How, how yeah, did, how, I what talked was that to him. He, like with him. Yeah. I mean, he, he wasn't happy. He was just like, you know, he thought maybe I was getting, uh, some out outside influence, okay. um, you know, and, and, and I mean, he wasn't wrong. I, I was getting some out 
outside influence in a sense. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd met a guy and had a relationship with a guy, uh, you know, who who was a uh, I guess I, I guess you, he he would call he he was self proclaimed prophet. Okay. Um, you Always know, gotta be cautious with those. Right. You know, and of course he didn't come right out and tell me that he was a prophet. You know, it was more or less. I remember where there would be like these meetings with the guys like we just kind of be hanging out and then all of a sudden somehow he would get turned to talking about god mm-hmm. and i remember just some of the things that he would say were just i mean it was kind of be, be like beyond me how he got this information you know and i remember him talking about you know hey you want to be successful and you want to have the big this and the you know a nice lighting package of course he's, ta- he's speaking for the church you know, you want to have all the fundraising, yada, yada. He's like, what you need to do is you need to want to know God, essentially. I okay. mean, he said it a little more uh, poetically mm-hmm. um, and articulately. But it was, it, yeah, basically he was saying, keep your eyes on God and focus on God. Love God and go after God with all of your heart. And then all these things will come. Okay. You know, which it's funny yeah. to even thinking about it that way. You know, if... If you do that, now your mission no longer becomes those things. Your mission just becomes to please God. Right. And then God starts to give you things, and then you don't really care for them or want them, which is great, uh, but you can still use them as a tool. So um, so you, you did have some outside influence. You, you told P-Bob, Pastor Bobby, you're heading out, but he, did he kind of give you a blessing, or is it just kind of like, that sucks, get out of here? Or Yeah, I mean, it was kind of weird. I was like, pa, uh you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna still pay the money. You know, mm-hmm. but I just, I just gotta go. And he's like, "All right, fine." Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so like... yeah. So you leave there, and then what happens next?